Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. I am Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher. And St. Patrick's Day for me always is kind of one of the most wonderful times of the year. The weather is getting a little bit more bearable around here in Illinois. Uh, But also, of course, the start of baseball season around the corner. I'm prepping for my fantasy baseball draft, which is my ridiculously nerd hobby that I love. And it's better than fantasy football. I will fight you about that. Um, But especially Keeper League, Keeper League baseball. You got to get into that. But, of course, the NCAA tournament. It's always starting around St. Patrick's Day, and I had to be reminded today by our guest that the tournament is different this year. Friday, the day Illinois plays, is the first day of the NCAA tournament this year. Saturday also is the first round of the NCAA tournament, and then you follow that up with Sunday-Monday for the round of 32. So it's a little bit different this year. But we are going to talk some NCAA tournament on this podcast. Your favorite, one of your favorite guests, I know for sure, one of the best basketball breakdowns we get on the show, Michael Tuop, former Illini guard. He's going to have so many thoughts on what he saw in the Big Ten tournament, what he thinks about this team going to the NCAA tournament, and some things about a team from a player perspective that you can only get uh, from somebody like Michael Tulip. So let's talk some March Madness and the number one seeded Illini coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowling Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's former Illini guard Mike Latulip. Mike, what a Sunday that was. Big Ten Tournament Championship followed quickly just moments afterwards with a number one seed. What was that like for you to watch? 
there i'm i'm proud to be an illinois graduate just as is win or lose i'm always i'm always proud but there was there was something about sunday man um that i felt a lot more pride than than maybe i've ever felt in my in my time being in illini being associated with illinois um it was really special to see these guys. I think anytime you see a group of guys that can set goals and go out there and achieve them, despite losing out on a regular season championship, despite injury injuries to your, according to USA today, national player of the year um, and just how they've been able to do it and how each guy's kind of found their identity and, and big guys stepping up in big moments, Andre Curbella, I mean, you can go down the list and, and it's amazing to think that out of all the accolades Kofi's gotten, he's probably still a little underappreciated, which is wild. And, and I think the cool part about this team is the fact that, and I've said it before, they're just so happy to see each other succeed. And I can say that and people can say, Oh, of course they're teammates. Well, it's not always like that. Um, you can go across a lot of different college basketball programs right now. That's, and it's definitely not the case. And when you have a controlled environment, when you're in a bubble, when you can't see your parents, when you can't experience what it's like to, to win like this, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, an outsider's perspective where it's, Hey, you know, I, I can walk around campus and people are chanting Andre Curbelo's name. And, and like, those guys don't get any of that. And as much as, you want to be focused on the task at hand, of course, like those things are cool. Mm-hmm. You know, those things are, those things are cool. And it's part of what makes the college experience what it is, but even just sharing it with your family and, and them not being able to do that. And I think what you're seeing is these teams, I think you saw a little bit with the Miami heat in the bubble, um, you know, like culture wins in these types of scenarios. Um, and when you can mix cult- culture with a team, that's in my opinion, a, like a bona fide national champion contender, this is this is the result that you get. It's a good point that you almost are forced to get closer with these people because you have to spend yeah. all day with them. And that, that's a great analogy with the Miami Heat. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that first time we got the picture of those guys arm in arms on, on the flagrant at Michigan, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought it is – but like every time we've gotten that sense, I'm like, are we doing this too much? Are we overinflating <laughs> right. this? Like, are, are right. we just taking this picture every time we see it? Um, but I do think like, obviously talent wins, coaching wins, but there does have to be that culture. It's a, it's a weighted word, right, Mike? But like, you've been a part of locker rooms like that. What, what do you think makes this one different outside of talent and coaching? Well, I think you, I think you, you hit on, you touched on a point there that, that I want to make a, a distinction for. So let's let's say you know you have this controlled environment bubble scenario, and and I think the natural thing is, you know, you're forced to grow closer. That could go one of two ways. Right. You may have guy like there may be guys in the team that the more you are around them, or you know, you maybe you're not hanging out with them as much as you were in a non-controlled environment. Now you are, and now you're like, ah, I just, you know, we don't mesh. I don't, you know, I don't. I don't like this guy, you know, he's in it for himself. Like all that stuff is the closer you get to each other, the more, more of those types of things that you realize. And I think, um, but like I said, it's, it's a top down thing uh, when it, when it comes to what this team values and when you can have your national player of the year candidate and recipient um, be the guy that is at the forefront of what culture means to him 
And, and not only that, cause I've seen, you know, you see plenty of players. There's, I mean, there's, there are things that, that IO says that you're like, yeah, you know, you hear that from good players from time to time, but it's a whole nother thing to, to walk it. Um, instead of just talking, we've seen time and time again with this dude, man, like he's a, he, he's, he's about what he says. Um, and, and there's not a phony bone in his body. Uh, and I think guys really feed off of that. I think there's, there's certain guys on this team that, you know, I look at a guy like Coleman Hawkins, his, his decline in playing time is kind of coincided. And I'm not saying that the team got better because Coleman Hawkins isn't playing, Mm -hmm. but there are those moments where people tend to look out for themselves. Like it's, it's natural, it's inherent. And I've, I've watched him on the bench in games that he hasn't played in over the last, you know, few games. And he's right up there with everybody cheering, swinging his towel around, flexing on the sideline. Like that says a lot. I think that's the telltale sign. When you look at a culture, everybody always looks at what's the best player doing, right? Like what's, you know, what's, what's Kofi doing? What's Andre Corbello doing? I'm a little bit different. Um, I think what those guys do holds a ton of weight, but I'm looking at the, the ninth, 10th, 11th guy. And if, you know, cause those are the guys that typically are, are not playing and, and may think that they should. Um, and if you can be, if you, and if you can have those guys just as much on board and pushing for the cause, you don't have this locker room that is kind of cannibalizing itself where it's like, I'm unhappy with that. I'm not playing. So I'm going to project that onto the guy next to me who I think I can, I can suck in because he's not getting as many shots as he wants. And it becomes this kind of an infectious, um, spread throughout yeah. the locker room and it can and it can it can tarnish a locker room pretty easily and that's what's been so cool about this team is man like you know the, you hear it from underwood and then clearly the the players have picked up on it and that has become their mentality and I, i've said it before like that's how you get that's how you sustain success in uh you know not just hey 2021 season that was a fun one right no it's hey let's 21 22 like we have the foundation we know what worked Andre Curbelo and these guys are seeing that firsthand. Uh, like, why wouldn't I want to be like Io and the way that he carries himself and leads? Like, I saw what that did for us. That brought us a Big Ten championship. So I'm gonna go out and do that again next year. So yeah, two other two other examples good. of that, Mike. I, I wanted to bring up as you're on that point, so I don't forget. Is I mean, Georgie, uh, jo- yep. Georgie, the, what he's given up for for Kofi to shine, uh, but then to have that moment where he dominates a game, a Big Ten championship game for a four-minute stretch that they don't win without it. Uh, Trent Frazier sacrificing a lot for Io to come in and saying, hey, yeah, Io, I want you here. I'm okay with you here. I want to win. You know, there's obviously probably some adjustment for all those guys, and I think we've seen that in previous seasons, but now they're all bought into it because they see, hey, Kofi makes us better, and that elevates me. Io makes us better. That elevates me. Um, So I think – those guys are other, you know, and and then Demonte, man, stepping up and and making a runner like he did late in regulation. Um, the the confidence he got, uh, I think, when Iowa was out was unbelievable. But though, I think Trent and you know Georgie are perfect examples of of kind of guys who have kind of you know moved aside a little bit for the betterment of the team, and and I, I think it's genuine. I I don't see those yep. guys griping very much. I you make a you make a great point, and I. I'm I'm gonna try to connect this to me personally because I realized this when I when I played in college. So when I when I came in as a freshman, there was an open scholarship. Um, I came in as a preferred walk-on, and every single practice, that's all I cared about. 
I just wanted that scholarship. And when you do that, you become a roller coaster. You think every turnover that you just made just lost your scholarship. You think every three that you hit, loose ball you just dove on just got you the scholarship. Hmm. And when you play that, when you ride that wave and you keep making it about yourself, which I did, um, it's amazing when you start making it about others and making it truly about your teammates, all of that stuff comes back to you. And, and what happened was my, my junior year, you know, pretty early on in my junior year, I was like, you know what? Or really it was late sophomore year. I was like, you know what? Forget, you know, what I think in my mind should happen. Get a scholarship, not get a scholarship, more playing time, less playing time. I'm going to go to practice every day. I'm going I'm to continue to be about the guys who can I help be a good teammate? Whatever's asked of me, I'm going to do. And I'm telling you, when when Gross offered me that scholarship, I was blindsided. Really? I I just it, like it. It all ends up just coming back to you, and and, and that's what Georgie and Trent have done. Because in those moments, you get rewarded. Like Georgie and Trent take a step back, and in the Big Ten championship, Georgie has like his own ten point run, and Trent go you know hits hit, hits the floater in the corner three to put them up five in a big moment. Like that is, those are massive, massive plays and, and stretches in games. And I think it speaks to this team and DeMonte, even just his, his first half threes. And, you know, he had another one in the second half. And, and I think, you know, that's the sign of a really good team is you don't need IO for 40 minutes. You don't need Kofi for 40 minutes. They're going to do what they do, but the, the six minutes of Georgie, and the, you know, and I'm not saying you only have five minutes of Trent um, because he does, he does it all on the defensive end, but all of these guys have their moments uh, of, of helping this team quite literally get through a stretch. Kobe's going to the bench. Georgie pulls his weight. Io subs out. Trent pulls his weight. And, and you can't, you can't, I can't stress that enough how important that is, not only just for winning a Big Ten championship, but as you get into the tournament. Like you're going to have, you know, round of 32 games where, yeah, maybe IO, maybe it's not a great game for IO, but, and then we look back on it. We're like, man, it was, that was the Jacob Granison game. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he goes, he goes three for five from three and has 14 points and a couple key offensive rebounds. And, and, and that's how you get through all these different games. Was Dante DiVincenzo the best player on Villanova his, you know, that, that year they won the national championship. Probably not, but he, st- he stepped up in the national championship game. Um, and, and that's just what you have with these guys. And they're all fearless. Mm-hmm. Like they all want that moment. I, I think it's easier said than done. You have a crowd in there now and the crowd kind of gets you like more psychoanalyzing yourself. Well, how do I look? What am I doing? I don't want to. And they just ran with it. And it's, yeah, it's easier when you have the, the pro Illini crowd, but Indiana was getting booed. Right. So, you know, it's, 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 it's good to have your own crowd if you're doing really well. And if you're not doing well, it's, you know, it, you kind of feel front and center for whatever's probably in your Twitter mentions. So it's, uh, I'm just, I'm so impressed with these guys and the way that they've just tackled all of this head on. I thought you guys never read your Twitter mentions. You'd be surprised. <laughs> How hard is that? How hard is that as a player? Because I, some people like respond to me or something and it's like, uh, you know, I, I tried just to block it out myself just cause there's so much negativity in there. Um, can you give me any stories or anything like that of mentions? Cause I don't know if people actually know, like you guys read that stuff. Oh yeah. I, like to think that you're just firing off a tweet at a player and it's just, 
you know, because this is how I always look at it. Whoever sends that tweet is in the middle of cooking dinner, sends it, and then just puts their phone down, goes on with their day. But for someone that's on the receiving end of it, I saw it, man. I had teammates, even myself. Uh, like there's, you know, I, I had plenty of DMs when I was at Illinois of people that just wanted to play me one on one on campus because <laughs> they just didn't, they didn't, they thought that they were better than I was. They should have the spot that I had. And did you ever um, do that? Because I would have loved to have watched you just take no, them to school. <laughs> I, I what's, what, what's in it for me? I, I mean, if I, you know, if you win, you're supposed to. If you lose, it's humiliating. I, and I, there's, there's no chance anyone on that campus would have that is DMing me would have beat me one on one. Did you, did you want to send them the offer list? Like go to verbal commits and send them the offer. Oh list yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, I this isn't because that was the mis, misconception. Like for me, it was never. Oh, my parents were Illinois grads. It's been a dream school. Like I came there because I was, I was, I want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had teammates that, you know, they read that stuff and it, and if you're, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, that stuff eats away at you because that's a prime time in your life where you're very, very conscious of what people think about you. And you haven't, you haven't uh, gotten into what your identity is as a whole yet. So everything that someone says about you, you start questioning whether or not to believe it. And I think, uh, I mean, I remember specifically, I, I finally cracked the rotation. It was a Big Ten game. My junior year, we're playing Purdue. I've, I've been told the four previous games that I was going to get in. This is the game. This is the game. We need you here. Didn't play. So whatever, I'm just staying ready. Get in against Purdue, guarding John Octius, who is a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. And I see Matt Painter as the second I sub in, change the play. Whatever they were running, when I subbed in, he changed it. So I'm saying, hey, oh, this is coming to me. And you better believe I'm going to try to blow this up, whatever it is. And he knew I'd try to over-pursue whatever's going on, and he backdoored me. And John Octius dunks it. And a minute and a half later, I get subbed out. And that was it. And I, I went back to my phone after the game. And that's the thing. Like, And I talked to Myers about this before, too. You know, When I had him on my podcast – is, hey, how do you deal with that? Because if you want to pull back the curtain and see the good, you're exposing yourself to the bad too. So you either need to be taking everything, just surface level, whatever, doesn't, it's in one ear, out the other ear, or you need to shut it off. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you think you're a person that is going to take that kind of stuff personal, like after I got backdoored, I was, I mean, I, I, I went to Twitter and I checked my mentions. Like literally people, I mean, people were, I didn't have to, I didn't search my name. They were, tw- they were tweeting at me. Um, and you don't deserve a Jersey, um, you know, you name it. And at that point, like, you're just, I was already beaten up by the fact that I felt like I'd worked my way back in the rotation. And now I, now a backdoor means I'm out of it again. Um, but yeah, man, there's, and I think two of these, these players, they want to experience that when you win a big 10 championship, you want to feel the love. Right. And, and I think, and, and I think it's, it's something where, yeah, you expose yourself, you open yourself up to that. And then heaven forbid you lose in the sweet 16 and the exact the exact thing that you're going to, to kind of feed yourself feed your, feed your ego a little bit is the same thing that can kill it. Yep. So it's, it's, I don't know if, if I were to do it again, I think we'd make, it's funny. I, I always reference my freshman year. We were, we had this rut in uh, 2012, 2013, we were seven seed, but we lost, yep. I don't know, whatever it was like seven of nine games in big 10 play. And, you know, we had guys on our team, going back at fans, not just reading it, but going back at fans. And Gross was like, that's enough. Like Twitter, we're banning it. No one can go on Twitter. You can't tweet I anything. I remember that, man. I'm yeah, we, yeah, we won six back. straight. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that was the game. It was the game before Indiana. Um, and we ended up beating them number one. I'm not saying we won because of a Twitter ban, but but I think it did. We blocked out everything else and could just focus on what was, you know, what was right there in front of us and and not getting pulled into man, this guy from Centralia, Illinois hates my guts right now. Um, you know, it's hard because that that's the thing. If if Brandon Paul walks the streets, that same guy is probably getting a picture with him. Yep. It's just that's just how it goes. And and I think that was hard for a lot of players to deal with. And, and understand that. So, yeah, man, it, to answer your question, the long-winded way that I always do, um, people, they, yeah, they, they read it. The, I, this team seems to be a little bit more distant from it, but shoot, they might read it too. There's a lot of good stuff for them to read this year. Yeah. So probably I, I, are. I think they opened it up after wins. That seems to be the case. I see Curbelo after wins, which, hey, why not? Why wouldn't you, right? Enjoy, right. enjoy this, and especially in this year, right, where you don't get – that interaction and uh boy you could tell mike they were feeding off that that energy of the crowd and and you mentioned i think io and kofi played just fine and i think they they elevate their game in front of a crowd but curbella i thought the first night against Rutgers was trying to do a little bit too much and impress people because I, I was talking with some fans and they were like i can't wait to see curbella live but boy those last two games it's amazing like two months ago we're sitting there who's the third guy right and and now i think Clear as day. We we found the third guy. Yeah, yeah. I think Curbelo specifically. I think I, I think I tweeted out after the game, but he played about eighty minutes in that tournament, um, and had five turnovers and handling the ball a lot, like a lot. You're coming off a lot of ball screens, seeing a lot of pressure, and that's what's so impressive about him is we all knew he was the type of guy to up his play when you have people in the stands and when the stakes are high and. Um, but just to see his maturity and it, I, I was probably even just more impressed with the, the hustle plays he made. Um, the one to really seal it against Iowa where he dives on it, throws it up to IO Luca doesn't want to foul and, you know, basically seals the game and the free throws, his ability to step up there. I, I'm shocked. I, I think he's still at 74% somehow. I like almost want to go back and I'm like, are the statisticians getting this right? Because I feel I, to me, it feels like he hasn't missed one. In, in a long 70, time. 74%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, doesn't it feel like he's just stepped up there the last 10 games and, right. and hasn't, hasn't missed them. It's, and I never thought he was below 60% at all in the season. So it's kind of weird to think about, but, but with him, I think what was really cool about this week was people on the national stage got to see what we've been seeing all season. And I've been telling people about Andre Curbelo. Okay, okay, he's a freshman. I'll go, dude, watch this kid. Watch this kid because I'm telling you the way that he plays. And I'm not saying he's a top 10 draft pick this year. I'm not. But you can't deny the fact that the way he plays is something that does not come around often in college basketball. It just doesn't. Like, it's, it's so funny. And I think it's – you can say it's a lazy comparison to compare him to Steve Nash. But – if you go back and watch Steve Nash highlights, the fir- like to me, I because I was watching, I don't know, I was just watching them yesterday. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind, like you're the, such a geek, I love it. I, it's just like <laughs> those are the passes that Andre Curbelo makes. Yeah, the probing underneath the basket to keep the play alive and wait for the perfect time to make. Like there are some really good point guards in college basketball over the years, and. I, I really, and I try, I'm telling you, Jeremy, I try to take off my orange and blue shades. Mm-hmm. I 
try to be as subjective as possible, but I had plenty of other people that have no affiliation with the University of Illinois. My high school coach texted me and he said, hey, Corbello is my favorite player to watch in America. I said, and, and honestly, that's not speaking in hyperbole. Like that's what he does. There's just, there's, there's a, a nuance to his game, but, th- but like there's this fundamental aspect to it, but there's this simplicity to it, mm-hmm. but there's this complexity to it. And he's just very, I, I, I don't know. He's a, he's just a, a great case study where you're just like, man, this guy will make a pass that I haven't seen all year from anybody in college basketball. Yep. And then he'll also in a big moment, just dribble off a screen, turn and look and kick it to DeMonte and not complicate things at all. And I think that's, that's something for him. Like I, I believe that Andre Curbelo is an NBA player. Um, and I'm not sure that that's like a crazy hot take at this point. Uh, I think he's proved a lot of different things at that stage. Do I, do I think he's gone after next year? No, but I think what he's been able to do is if he can improve, and I say improve his outside shot, I know he has it. Like, he has it. The, it's not improving your shot. It's improving your confidence in which you shoot it with. And that's and that's a big thing. When you, I've had plenty of teammates over the years that you get in your own head when you have guys not guarding you. Yep. You know, laying off you from the arc. And you can see from the free throw line, he has the stroke. I mean, it's not like, Sometimes you have the guys that are good three-point shooters that aren't good free-throw shooters, like the Bruce Bowens of the world. Um, to like, I go back, and if you look at Bruce Bowens' stats from – and now we're really – I'm not going to take this off the rails talking about Bruce Bowen, but Bruce Bowen was about like a 42%, 40-42% three-point shooter in his career. And you, then you look and he shot like 48% from, free, from the free-throw line in one of his years. I think he was like low 60s for his career. For whatever reason, like he couldn't – but the opposite is always true. Like if you're a good free throw shooter, you can step out. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, the rotation's good. You know, the, the follow through is good. And I, I think he has that. And, and you think next year, if he, if he shoots 34% from three next year, we're all looking at it like, man, look at the improvement he's made. Um, whereas like we hold Adam Miller to a different standard. Mm-hmm. Adam Miller shoots 34% from three and we're all, we're all up in arms yep. because we think he should just be a 40 40% plus dead eye shooter as he, as he starts shooting at a line that's almost three feet back than his high school. One. I so I don't, I can go on and on about Andre Crubello, but awesome. I'm excited to see what he does at this on the biggest stage. I mean, he's obviously not the shooter of Trey Young, but he reminds me of him as a, as a passer and, and distributor. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. All right. Um, I wrote last week, Mike, about Kofi Coburn because Io DeSumo deserves all the praise in the world, but it's, it's obvious the last two years they've had a good record when Kofi Coburn is there, he's changed how they play. And I dove into the numbers. And before he arrived, uh, the two years of Brad Underwood, they were 6% worse from two than their opponents. Now, this year, they're 10% better from two. So they go into this bracket. And I, I know Loyola Chicago is there. And Georgia Tech is there. And, and Kay Cunningham and Oklahoma State. But, oh, yeah, Keon Johnson and Tennessee are pretty good, too. Um, there's some talented teams, right? But... They all got to match up with that guy. To, to me, he is um, the Illini's, you know, when you play them, you're worried about Iowa. You're worried about Curbelo. But Kofi's like the matchup problem. So I, I know they could lose in the second round or the, the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. But, man, a team's got to match up with Kofi. Uh, and, and he's just the ultimate X factor for him. I 100%. Uh, you're spot on. I, I, I agree with that. I think – the really cool part about this team is that each piece 
elevates the other piece. And when I say that, Kofi is such a dominant force inside that people have to help. And when they do help, now you're kicking it out. You know, it may not be Kofi kicking it out to shooters, although he did. I believe it was the Iowa game. He kicked it out to Iowa for a three, which got me on my seat. Um, but just the, the, the gravity and, and the attention that you have to keep on Kofi and the way he wears down the opposing bigs. Like those bigs have to fight every possession against him just for positioning and then let alone the rebound and let alone just making sure you don't foul him. Or if you do foul him, you may get away with it anyways. But, uh, but I think for a lot of these, for Kofi specifically, you can go down the list. Yeah. Not a lot of college basketball teams have an Iota Sumo. Not a lot of college basketball teams have an Andre Curbelo. You have players that maybe can do some of the things that Curbelo does or Io does, but I'm not sure there's another Kofi Coburn, uh, in, in college basketball. And when I say that, yeah, there's other big men. Yeah, there's other guys that shoot 60-plus percent from the field. I know he's closer to 70, but it's the way in which if you go back, and, and, and I'm sure you have, like you go back and watch just like the Big Ten tournament montage and some of the catches he made off some just great passes. And the I, I think specifically the Rutgers, you know, when, when Andre Curbelo was kind of stuck and Kofi didn't really have position and Curbelo kind of threw him open, like his body was turned the completely other way and he had to go and turn and have the, enough dexterity to grab it, but also like softly grab it and not do the bobble to have your defender catch up as you're bobbling it. Like he caught it and went right back up with it. And I think he has, you know, and this is part of, this is going to be the, the, the question mark, you know, when, if he comes back next year or whatever, but you know, I think what Andre Curbelo has done, and I, I O too, I has been so improved off of ball screens. Curbelo obviously is just a wizard off of ball mm-hmm. screens, but what they've done for him, uh, anyone can, can come down and just throw it into the post for him. But are you putting him in advantageous positions to not draw offensive fouls, uh, to not, you know, take bad shots to take him out of rebounding position to get an over the back or get, you know, or, or just side check somebody and get called for a foul. Like all those stuff are, work together like I think Kofi's a better player because Io and Curbelo are on the team I think Io and Curbelo are better players because Kofi's on the team and that's that's what's really cool about having a really really great team with pieces that truly I'm just thinking if I were to just put my coaching hat on man how would I guard Illinois like what would you do like do you do you double because if you double I still think Kofi has an advantage Right. I, I've said it before. Like, if he has two guys on him down there and is somewhere around the basket, it's not a bad shot if he shoots it. You start getting three, four. Like, if you get three, four guys on you, now the, the passes out are a little more clean. If you just have two guys on you and maybe guys zone up, it, like, that's that's when you're like, ah, he'd, he may have to thread a needle or two. But I don't know. I, I just look at the way that that they've been able to surround him with players that – you know, that elevate his game to put him in positions to be successful, to make a point of it in certain points of the game and say, we're going to Kofi period. And they made a point of that. It felt like almost in every game in the big 10 tournament was like, we're starting off this game. We're going into Kofi. I I don't know what the number is, but I think, I think Grandison had the end one against Rutgers, but I think the other two games was like, start off with a Kofi dunk (laughs) or just a Kofi layup. Like, and, and it's all, it's all predicated on, on penetration. And when you penetrate, like these guys are, you know, you got Adam Miller and, and DeMonte Williams out there at times, and these guys are a little hesitant to help off those guys. 
So it creates lanes and, and it all opens it up for everybody. So I think Kofi is, it's crazy to say that he's underrated. Yeah. Um, but I think he is like, it's, I, you know, and, and his free throw shooting is going to be the biggest, I think the biggest thing for, for this team going into March, but shoot, he hit some big ones in overtime yeah. um, in, in a big moment. I think that's going to, that's going to bode well for him going forward. Yeah. What he did with Garza, the whole Garza to one point per shot. Um, you just think about if you get that far, right? Like, Drew Timmy, I, I like Illinois' matchup. If you, Michigan, you get them again. Like I like that matchup. It's it's amazing. There's not like a matchup I'm scared of with Kofi unless he gets into foul trouble. It's it's, it's like him taking himself out uh, of the game that would concern me. All right, Mike, what did you think of, of Illinois' draw uh, in, in this bracket? We got Houston, the two. Um, the three is West Virginia. I, I thought West Virginia would be the four and Oklahoma State would be the three, but Oklahoma State's the four, Tennessee the five, Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia Tech, that 8-9 game. Well, I'll start off by saying I've heard a lot of – you see a lot of chatter. Illinois got a tough draw. Oklahoma State's a four, and I think I said it yesterday. I think it's a tough draw for Oklahoma State. Agreed. Well, like a, a much tougher draw, and I think what happens is fans – for the fans that are listening to this, and I think we're all guilty of it at times, is we're not used to viewing our path as a one seed. Like, we're just not used to it. So what happens is you look at these brackets thinking that this is just your run-of-the-mill Illinois team. Like, man, that Oklahoma State team's good. Man, they got – maybe they get West Virginia and they – it's like, we're Illinois. Did you see the year that – have you seen the year that we had? Did you see how we played in the Big Ten tournament? I mean, you should have the utmost utmost confidence, and it's and it's what makes being a fan of a team like this so cool. Is you you can take a little bit of comfort knowing that it doesn't matter the matchup. And I don't say that saying like, oh, it doesn't matter the game, we'll win it. No, it's it doesn't matter. We're we have pieces that are tough matchups for anybody, like anybody in the country. And I yeah, I look at that first game. I mean, you look at Drexel specifically; they're a very slow it down grind it up like that's almost the you know that's almost the story for um you know specifically for if loyal advances too you're seeing another team like that like the the like the thing with drexel as you you know if you dive into i mean they're i think they're 340th in the country in tempo like they they slow it down you know they're they're uh they shoot the three pretty well you know they finish around the rim but that's the the colonial is that's kind of that league uh, they, they tend to slow it down. Um, they don't force turnovers. Uh, you know, they, they don't block shots. And, and I think they're, they're inside friends. They got, they got JB Bickerstaff's nephew, um, who's six, nine, but he wants to be on the perimeter. And then you look at, at, at Butler, one of their other guys, who's a very, very old school type player. Uh, you look at him and you 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 think it's crazy. His last name isn't Paget, and then how he's not playing in like the early two thousands or nice. something in the NBA. Um, that's just kind of his game, and that's just another game where you can you can go game by game. They don't have anybody that can guard Kofi. Right. Period. And but the one thing Drexel does do well is they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. Uh, that summer that semifinal game against Northeastern, uh, a minute in, in the last minute of the game, they went ten for ten, ended it. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't think Illinois is going to have any trouble with, with Drexel, um, just trying to give some credit to Drexel for, for, for making it this far. But then you look at, you look at Loyola who, yeah, it's the in-state game and Cameron Crutwig's a third team All-American, which is unbelievable yeah. for, for a guy that, uh, coming out of Algonquin Jacobs high school and, uh, wasn't the most highly touted 
guy, but has really found his, his identity there. And, and, and they grind it up too. Braden Norris is another, is another guy that's, he's their point guard. He was actually at Oakland playing in the horizon before he went over to Loyola. So I got to see, I got to watch him a lot. And uh, Lucas Williamson, like they have really tough players, but again, they don't have like Crutwig is a big body, but we've seen how that's worked for, for a lot of teams. He just doesn't really have the height. And, and I think you could still go to Kofi there and then you get to Oklahoma state. Right. And I, and I think Oklahoma state is, is kind of one of those teams that, you know, defensively they're right up there. They're, you know, they're top 25 in the country. They don't, they don't take care of the ball um, at a high level whatsoever. Um, you know, they don't shoot the three particularly well. Uh, they they want to play up tempo, but I think that kind of that feeds into Illinois uh, to Illinois game plan. I think all these games that you've seen that Illinois lost the 66-63s against Maryland, and it's those grinded up where you're having to rely on free throw shooting and outside shooting, and maybe they've taken Kofi away or he's been in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think as you go through, I I personally I'm not high on Houston. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm not high on Houston. I'm not high on Houston as a two seed. Right. Um, and I think that's a good. I want to make that distinction. I think if if you're you know if you're a five seed that has to see Houston in the second round as a four seed, that's a whole different story. But if I'm Illinois and Houston ends up making it to the lead eight and Illinois does too, I, I love that matchup. Right. Because um, once again, that's a team that does not have anybody. Quentin Grimes is a great player. Um, you know, I think he was. The, I think he was the American Player of the Year. And but they don't have anyone that can guard Kofi. And I think that's going to be the theme as you go through this, that, you know, anyone that has won an NCAA tournament, you have some sort of outlier like that. Um, you know, a guy that, that you can go to every game, you have the advantage. And, and I think, shoot, you could say it in three different ways. You could say it with Kofi. You could say it with Io, like a National Player of the Year type guy. And I don't think anybody in college basketball has an Andre Corbello coming off the bench. Um, and all of that bodes well for, for Illinois. And it's so funny to see that and, and, and just be like, man, how many times have we been sitting there as Illinois fans and said, yeah, we, what if we had Kofi Cobra, like a Kofi Cobra in Iowa, like they're here and they're, they're a one seed and they're, for, you know, me, you're on the- for me, it was watching those beeline Michigan teams, man. It's like, right. why can't they find a Trey Burke? Like, why can't they right. find that like under the radar guard who just goes and gets buckets and then they find this Stauskas kid who's a good four star. It sticks around for a couple of years. And DJ will like, those are the teams. And now, yeah, you are. Imagine right? how many college teams are saying that about Illinois. Right. Like where, like how they get, like where are they getting this Curbelo kid from, which I know Curbelo was, you know, was a top 100 guy, but you know, I, I'm sure a lot of schools like, you know, you, there's probably schools that didn't offer him mm-hmm. that are like, wish we wish we got wish we got that guy uh, wish, wish i didn't I care about it. like six foot one as much as, as yeah exactly like oh he goes in absolutely crams him on the on the fast break and i've heard i i've heard people talking out of oven that are like he's dunking on people in traffic like he is and P, and when i first heard that i'm like really and then you see his explosiveness and he's long and and he has just a knack for the ball and that's that's there's certain things where even just thinking about his NBA prospects uh, and you and I have talked about this before. There's a reason Kendrick Nunn's in the NBA. It's not, and it's not because he scored 25 a game at Oakland. That's a, that's a part of it. But Kendrick Nunn showed that he is fantastic in ball screens mm-hmm. and Corbello is the same way. I'm not sure anybody is better in, in college basketball coming off of ball screens and reading it the way he does it, getting his guy to run into the screen every single time 
being patient. Cause it, cause the one thing that I think frustrates big men the most is a guard that's not willing to wait. And when the guard doesn't wait, the big men are running to the bench because they just picked up their second mm-hmm. foul with, with 1301 left because they didn't want to wait on a screen. Yeah. And it may not have been illegal, but they had to move to try to screen because you wanted to leave early. And that's, that's something that has been so impressive with Io and with Andre. And even, even in the moments that Trent, who hasn't come off of many ball screens, you see him do it in the mission game. You see him coming off of a few now, even in the Big Ten tournament. And he's patient. Like, he comes off of it. And it's definitely something that they rep. But everybody reps it. And not everyone does it. And, and I'll, even, I'll even say, just while we're on the topic, go back to the Michigan game. And you think about their game plan of, of downing, uh, of icing these sideline ball screens. And if you go back and pull the tape on Maryland-Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, all you hear Mark Turgeon saying is down it, down it. It's the same thing as ice. All he was yelling the entire game is down it, and they still couldn't do it. They still couldn't quite get up there and get around the screen. Like Teams want to do it. You could say, mm-hmm. oh, the book's out on Michigan. Yeah, but you still have to go out there and do it. Right. And that's, that's why Illinois, I think, is a cut above the rest is because they have the talent, and then the execution piece, they get it, like they, and they do it, and they do it at a high level. And I think that's, that's kind of what you want on your team yeah. Going into March and early April. Well, before I let you go, Mike, they've won 14 of 15. And against, I mean, what, six straight NCAA tournaments here, five straight wins over Ken Palm top 10 teams. Uh, it's ridiculous, uh, this current runner. Six straight wins over Ken Palm top 10 teams, I believe. All right, and then, um, so I think both of us would have them in the final four, right? Yeah. But I'm trying to add, like, what would be the recipe for them to, to not make it there? I think the number one thing is Kofi foul trouble, right? Yeah, I, I think that's that's number one, and I think number two, and because Kofi foul trouble, you know, it's you're relying heavily upon Georgie, who I think is great in spurts. Um, but the second thing that I would that I would worry about, and it's kind of what brought Ohio State back into the game, is what Ohio State ended up doing was okay. Let's say. Yeah, I know this is a podcast. I'm glad there's video. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people check that out on video, this will make a lot more sense. Uh, but let's say uh, Io DeSumo is coming off a ball screen on the, on the left wing and Kofi Coburn is setting it. What Ohio State ended up doing, and they made the adjustment in the first half uh, or, at, or at halftime, which I thought was a fantastic decision on Chris Holtman's part, is – you have the guy on the back action. So if you're coming off, there's a guy in the ball side corner with you as you're coming off a ball screen. And that guy is going to tag Kofi. He's going to be in between making sure Kofi, but the other two guys on the other side, because Illinois loves to interchange, they'll do some mm-hmm. pin downs and screens. And what Ohio state did was zone up. They just zoned up on the back side, brought it in, and they're going to force you to make that skip pass. That's the pass that they want you to make. They don't want you hitting Kofi on the roll. So they kept they kept jumbling it up inside, and I think it threw Illinois off a little bit. Like they weren't because initial like all they were thinking was I get this ball screen, Kofi's going to roll, he's going to be a big target, and I'm going to hit him. And I thought there was like a six to eight minute stretch in the second half the other day where they were second they were second guessing like oh man it's really not there. So what do we do next? And I think that's just when you trust. Hey, keep running offense, get them moving side to side. If you don't get that initial ball screen. Maybe you get a throwback to the ball side corner and Kobe's in position to turn and face. And those two guys on the weak side can't come all the way over uh, or else you can actually hit a skip pass with even more, um, you know, with even more open guys. So trusting the fact that, Hey, that, that first pick and roll might not be there Mm -hmm. and that's fine. 
Like, let's get into it. Let's, let's, you know, let's dribble over a handoff to Trent and maybe, or Curbelo. And then now Kofi run up and set another one, like force them to continue to have to stay on alert. Cause I thought at times and turn in the late second half, they got a little stagnant uh, when they made that adjustment. And then I thought, you know, they, they hoisted a couple at the end, a couple tough, tough shots. Um, you know, it ended up being, I mean, of course, Io hits the big one. Uh, to put him up six, uh, but he missed three after that. Right, and, and uh, it's you know, hard. It's hard to criticize him, Mike. But those were uh, he settled. Like he, he settled yeah. for some really tough long shots there. Yeah, and that's and that's I think what Io realizes right now. And everybody got everybody has that shot where like I'm gonna get to my spot. And he knows that when his when he he does this where he is facing the sideline and turns and rotates and can get off a shot. He knows he can get that whenever. And I think that's good. And it can be bad in situations like that where he's like, I just, if I need to go get a shot, he knows he can get it off. Like it's not a truly looking for what the defense is doing. And I say, I mean, we're nitpicking, right? Right. I mean, the guy has been um, a USA Today national player of the year. And, uh, and I think, and the cool thing is that they already saw that. Like they saw that. And I'm sure Underwood, Gentry, whoever is going into film. Hey, next time we see these guys zoning up on the backside, Hey, maybe this is the look we want to give. And I'm sure they've seen it earlier in the year, but it's always good for a refresher, especially, especially heading into the tournament being like, man, there's things we can get even better at as a one seed. So the matchup specifically, um, like if we're talking actual teams, you know, if you, <clears throat> quite honestly, if you get to a final four and Ohio state meets you there, you could go one or two ways with that. You mm-hmm. could say, yeah, there's familiarity. We've beaten them before, but yeah, you, this is, look, this is a team that, that also beat you and has proved to keep it close against you. And you kind of stole one in Columbus. Uh, they almost you swept to, you, right? Like yeah, in three games. Right. Close, close, close to a sweep. And, uh, and then you look at Baylor, like I think Baylor, who's kind of hit a slide. I mean, in Baylor's, you know, relative to Baylor kind of hit a slide since they've come back from the COVID pause. Do I think, you know, they may be right around the same team that they were in November or in early December. And the good thing for Illinois is they're not the team that they were early in December. They're, they're a lot better. So I think, you know, those, those types of matchups. And then, you know, if you do make it all the way to the championship and Gonzaga's on the other side, roll the ball out and let's play. I, guess, I mean, at this point, you got talent all over the floor. Your game plan, just as much as people want a game plan for Illinois, and Illinois ends up just coming out victorious because they have better players, they execute better. It's the same thing with Gonzaga, so it's just it's it's just a lay it all out there. Uh, it's it's a it's a you know in in a game of small differences. Small differences are the game. I know I've said it before. Like that's it's it's on you know it's on a whole nother level here in here in March and early April. But Jeremy, man, we it's here. It's here. It, it is. We've been talking about it all year, and everybody's been theorizing about this team and what it's going to look like. Oh my God, they lost Ohio State, and Maryland. Sky is falling, and nope. nope. This is this is a team that was only going to get better, and and we we're here is an under is an understatement. What's your setup, man? Like, what's what's uh, Thursday, Friday look like for you? Oh my gosh, um, probably like the rest of the world where uh, you're trying to work. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I have I have a company that understands that. That's probably also going to be watching the NCAA tournament. It's like five or six of us in my company. So, um, but yeah, man, I I. Uh, I'm I'm debating. It's like I, if if they end up going to a Final Four national championship, and I end up staying here in Austin and watching on my TV, I, I'm not sure I'll be able to live with myself. Right. 
I, I, I may like, and, and that's the thing. If, if uh, like, I may or may not have a, a flight to India already that I can just change <laughs> with flight credit. Like I, and I'm not saying that to try to get ahead of myself, but I'm just saying like rates will be a little bit cheaper. I can go. change it. Like a TBT, you know, we're, we have a certain regional that it's looking like we're going to be in that I can maybe move that over for flight credit. So um, yeah, man, my setup is going to be computer, one game, I might pull the other TV out for another game, and then line I get the big screen. That's obviously. right. That's right. Well, Mike, always appreciate it, and enjoy the first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament. We'll catch up at some point during this run because I, I do think it's going to be a pretty extended run here. Always appreciate it, Mike. Sounds good, man. Great stuff as always from Michael Tulip. He is the goods and he did a great job in correcting me after we signed off on this because I was just assuming it was a normal Thursday, Friday NCAA tournament. Of course it is not. I am so caught in my Illini bubble right now covering this team that I really didn't even pay attention to all of this, which I should be. Um, But uh, we have Friday, Saturday, first round games, Sunday, Monday, round of 32. Then the Sweet 16 is going to be on March 27th and 28th, that's Saturday and Sunday, and the Elite Eight is the following Monday and Tuesday. So a little bit different schedule this year as they they make sure they go through all the quarantine testing, all of that this year. But Friday, Saturday, first round. So thanks to Mike uh, for telling me that afterwards, just so I have that clear towards the end of this podcast. The first four is Thursday night. You got Norfolk State and App State, 16 seeds, Wichita State and Drake, the 11 seeds, uh, Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern, 16 seeds, and then, of course, the primetime game is Michigan State against UCLA in that 11 seed. Thank you to Michael Tua for hopping on and giving us a great analysis and good stories as well. If you don't already, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, through Thursday night, you can get two months of Illini Inquirer VIP access for just $1. So if you haven't tried us out yet, what a great time to do it. It's March Madness, people. Sign up now. we got spring football going on, a lot in recruiting. You can get Derek Piper's latest basketball recruiting buzz, and there's a lot of buzz going on right now, and a lot going on with football recruiting as well, as we're expecting official visits to start uh, in June, and Illinois is making some big pushes, especially uh, for some in-state prospects. We'll have the latest on that. So sign up now. Two months, $1. If you don't like it, you can cancel and move on, uh, but why not give it a try right now in the middle of the most important time of the year, really, for Illini Athletics. Thank you for listening today. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.